Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you this morning, and it's really a privilege to be bringing the Lord's Word. Can I just uh, release the Fusion kids? Yeah. Sorry, Dale, before you do that. Young people, if you want to go to Fusion, that would be great. We'll release you to And I'll get well. set up while the children are being released. Um, Mary, I'm glad you asked us to pause and think about when hope first came into our lives. And as Mary asked that question, I thought about that. And the date, June 21st, 1979, came into my memory. That's the day the Lord met me. That's the day the Lord called me. And I gave my life to him that day. And life has never been the same since that day 39 years ago for me. But along the way, we can lose ourselves. We can lose our way a little bit. We can allow things to come up into our lives that maybe aren't very healthy for our spiritual growth. And so this really ties into the scripture and the message that I have this morning for us. Um, It's a message from the book of Proverbs. You know, the the book of Proverbs is such a, a, a rich book, full of wisdom, full of instruction, how we can live a holy life, a godly life. We need wisdom in this day and age. There's so many things coming at us from all different angles, and we need to be very wise on how we deal with things in our marriage, in our business, and in all areas of our lives that God has entrusted to us. So let's open to Proverbs chapter 24, and we're going to be reading 30, starting at verse 30, right through to 34. I passed by the field of a sluggard. (laughs) Not a great way to start a sermon, is it? (laughs) Passed by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense, and behold, It was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles or weeds. And its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and I considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. In this passage, we see two characters. First of all, we see the passerby. Now let's call the passerby the wise man. The other character we see is the sluggard. Let's call the sluggard the lazy person, the lazy man. Now, my wife and I like to go for walks in the neighborhood in the evening, and we, we just love taking our dog down the street and, and uh, looking. And, and I particularly like to look at lawns. I don't know what it is. I, I like to look at people's grass, how healthy it looks, how green it looks, you know, weed-free lawns. To me, that, that is a sign of someone who really takes care of their lawn. Um, but we do pass by this one lawn in our neighborhood that really kind of disturbs me. I want you to see a picture of this lawn. Now, I don't know about you, but I just feel like going over there and 
throwing some weed kill X or something on that lawn and helping that lawn along, along a little ways. Now, I had to snap that picture out the window of my car as I was driving by. I didn't want my neighbor to see me taking a picture of their lawn. So I hope no one's lawn looks like that. But anyways, I can't say my lawn looks perfect. It, I, I, I do neglect it sometimes too. So anyways, and the next picture I want to show you is... Um, another lawn in our neighborhood, and you can see the weed man sign. Now, I, I don't know about you, but um, I don't know if weed man's doing his job here or if he's done his job, killed all the weeds and all the grass. There's no grass left. But, and uh, so, the sluggard is a person who doesn't care. He's been entrusted with a vineyard, a wonderful field. And as a result of his sluggardliness, and that is a word, sluggardliness, as a result of that, his field is left in disarray. He neglected what God had entrusted to him. He had no sense. He let things get out of control. Deterioration of his field was obvious by anyone who passed by his field. And the passerby could tell that he had no sense. See, the sluggard was either blind to his vineyard or he just didn't care. So the neglected, the neglected field in our story with the weeds and the thorns is a metaphor for the sin that can crop up into our lives. It's part of our sinful nature. See, when we neglect our spiritual lives, nature, our nature can suffer all kinds of problems. So what can we learn from this story? I see three things. We're gonna go through these things. First of all, laziness can be a robber of our senses. Look at verse 30. It says, the man lacked sense. See, we can be distracted by all kinds of things. Distracted can be a form of laziness. We can be distracted by anger or lust. All kinds of things that can take us off. We can even be distracted by these things, right? We can be in a conversation with somebody. Our phone rings, boom, we're distracted. I want to show you a little clip here of somebody who gets distracted by their cell phone. A woman was seriously injured in New Jersey when she tripped over an open cellar door and then tumbled into the basement. The 67-year-old woman was looking at her cell phone when she flipped headfirst into the basement about six feet below. Fire crews rescued the woman and took her to the hospital. Okay, so it's important that we don't get distracted. We stay on track, right? God has given us our senses, Sense is is defined as a faculty by which the body perceives external stimulus. One of the faculties is sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. Now, this man in our story had no sense. Maybe he decided to stay away and stay in his bed all day, put his pillow over his head, and just, just ignore what's going on around him. He couldn't enjoy the fruits of his field because he was so distracted and lazy. And there was that broken down wall that was of no concern. Again, he had no sense or thought of going out and repairing that wall. And you know, that wall is designed, walls are designed to protect, to keep intruders out. Uh, With a broken down wall, weeds can come into your field and sow. All kinds of things can happen. 
Having sense keeps us diligently working to make sure that the things that God has entrusted to us will be well cared for and maintained. A few years ago, uh, probably about three or four years ago, I started working out with a personal trainer. Maybe some of you remember Valentine. Um, I went to see Valentine for a year and a half. And in a year and a half, wow, I felt fantastic. I lost 30 pounds. Um, I was stronger. I had energy. You know, we have two little grandchildren now. It's important I have energy. These little kids can really wear you out. Um, and it was, it was an awesome time. But then, you know, after a year and a half, I thought, okay, I know. I know what to do. I, I know, this man has really taught me well. I'm going to go on my own. And so I did. I went and I joined a gym. And it wasn't that far long down the road that I started um, eating bad, making poor choices, um, not going to the gym, having all kinds of excuses or distractions, why not to go. Slowly the weight started c- coming back on and I was making unhealthy food choices and I really felt it. You know, It wasn't that I wasn't, um, that I lacked sense, but I just really didn't care. And it doesn't take long before the weeds and the neglect that we, that, we, that we avoid start to come back into our lives. When we become lazy or distracted, we too can become blind to our surroundings. We can't see things deteriorating around us because we lack the sense to even see it. It could be our marriage. It could be our work. It could be our fitness. And it could be our relationships with our families and our friends. See, these things take work and effort to keep them healthy and strong. And our relationship with Jesus takes work and effort. We need to keep reading his word. We need to keep in, in prayer. We need to keep seeking him for guidance and direction in order to grow spiritually. We need to be abiding in Jesus. If we want to bear fruit, and be successful. We don't want to be so blind that we can't see things falling apart around us. The second thing we see from this story is that laziness can be a robber of the fertile ground. Verse 31, our passage tells us that thorns have come up everywhere and that the ground was covered in weeds. Now, out in West St. Paul, the the 25 acres that we've purchased... Uh, the eight and a half on the front, Uh, we had that tilled and sprayed to kill all the weeds at the end of June. The other day I was driving, driving by, and guess what? All the weeds are back. It doesn't take long for these things to come back. They're relentless. You know, God has given all of us gifts, and we are meant to bear fruit. Our, fur, our hearts need to remain fertile and tender for what God wants to plant in our hearts. He wants you to bear fruit. He wants me to bear fruit. But if weeds and thorns are covering our ground, it's very difficult for that fruit to come forward. We need to be diligent about it, about how we take care of ourselves. Unaided and neglected, our nature will always suffer uh, Weeds and things that come into our lives. Listen to this quote by John Neorgi from Ravi Zacharias Institute of Ministries. He says this, Sin will eventually turn those who relentlessly cling to it 
into a grotesque distortions of God's original intent for them. Anything that impedes our progress toward our true identity and calling diverts us from our journey to freedom. Thorns and weeds can kill the ability for healthy growth. It is like the sin we allow to crop up into our lives that robs us of our fellowship and our growth with Jesus Christ. And there's an analogy here, both nature and the human spirit. Both are of God. Both contain principles of life, beauty, and use. Both need cultivation in order to maintain and grow. And in both, sloth and neglect are punished by ruin and loss. It requires diligence and determination to grow a healthy vineyard. Keep your life fertile and ready for what God wants to plant in your life so that you can reap the harvest that God has meant for you. When this sin does come up, when weeds do come up into your life, 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So keep plucking the weeds that can grow. Take that set free retreat that Peter mentioned earlier in the announcements. It will help with weed control. I have this little bottle. Uh, I, I take this out every week or so into my yard and I, I go around and I shot spray the weeds. They keep cropping up. I, like I said earlier, I like that nice green healthy lawn and I find weeds everywhere. Don't worry, it's just uh, water and a little bit of soya sauce. So it's not the real stuff. But I fill it with a concoction of stuff that kills weeds. And we need to be diligent about these weeds that can come into our lives. Watch over them. It takes hard work and diligence to keep those weeds under control. One example of diligent, a diligent worker and a hard worker is a golfer, Gary Player. If you follow golf at all, you know who Gary Player is. Um, He's one of golf's greats. And one of his quotes, he said this, the harder I practice, the luckier I get. Now the emphasis here isn't on the luck. It's on the practice. It's on the hard work. It's on the diligence that he puts into his game so that he can continue to compete at 82 years old. This man's in great shape. Because he works hard and he's diligent at what he's passionate about. Thirdly, laziness is a robber of our protection. It says in verse 31, we read about the stone wall that was left in ruin. Now once the stone wall was strong and tall and it kept out unwanted visitors and animals and now it's broken. It doesn't offer that protection It's in ruins. Just a picture of a stone wall I found that's just, it's broken, it's breached. In the beginning it was good and strong, but when the wall is broken down, anything can sow in your field. Christian convictions once instilled are now forgotten. Solid doctrines which have been learned have now been compromised. Good habits once formed are now ignored. Bible reading is no longer a priority. Public profession of faith is now guarded and shied away from. 
Firmness of character is compromised. Two consequences to this broken down wall I see is number one, the boundary is gone. When the boundary is gone, we do not know which is the Lord's property and which is the common and open area. And secondly, when the, when, when the wall is broken down, the protection is gone. When a man's heart has its wall broken, our thoughts, our thoughts can grow, go astray. Good things can leave and bad things can come in. Walls are meant to keep things protected. When we think of all the lakes in this wonderful province and how powerful these lakes are, especially in the spring when the ice melts, they can come and they can breach the shores. We build walls, retaining walls, to keep the water off, to keep the land from eroding and falling into the lake. So keep the walls shored up. Stand on your principles. There's a law of degeneration. It says, let a thing alone, and it's certain to deteriorate. There is nothing more dangerous to procrastination when it comes to your soul. So what can we take away from this story of these two characters? I think we can take two things away from this story we can learn. The first thing is don't be like the sluggard. Too much emphasis on sleep, on staying in bed, and resting when it comes time to work can lead to poverty. You know, slugs live in the dark. They live in dark, damp places. And they don't like to come out in the light. They come out at night, and that's when they do the damage to your garden. So don't allow darkness. That's where sin can breed. Bring sin into the light. Let's get it dealt with and be free. This story is in the Bible, I believe, as a warning to us and an example of what a life of a sluggard can lead to. Avoid this type of life at all costs, and it will help us in our business, in our relationships, in our marriages. As I was preparing this sermon, I just thought of one thing. Do you think a workaholic can be a sluggard? I believe a workaholic can be a sluggard. Because if you're putting all your effort and your time and energy in your work, you're neglecting other things that are important in your life. Your marriage, your relationship, other things that, are, that God has entrusted to you. So I believe we can be a sluggard in these areas. See, God wants us to have balance, to look over all things, to water your marriage, to fertilize your relationships, and to kill the weeds. Continue to be diligent in getting rid of those things that crop up. Now, in the book of Proverbs, there are 14 uh, verses that talk about a sluggard. I'm just going to whip through nine of those real quickly here for you. Proverbs 6, 6 says this. Look to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Think about the ant. Always working, always creating, right? Look to the ant, he's telling the sluggard. 6 9 says, How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? 13 4 says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. 15 19 says this, The way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. 
1924, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not bring it back to his mouth. Imagine being that lazy, you reaching for food and you can't get it back to your mouth. 2125 says, the desire of the sluggard kills him for his hands refuse to work. 2213 says, the sluggard says, the lion is outside. I shall be killed in the streets. Fear. And 2614 says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. (sighs) You know, there's many mornings when I have prayer meetings or whatever that I'm really debating, this bed feels good. It's dark outside, it's raining or snowing, whatever. It would be so good just to stay here and not go. But I know that it's for my good. I know I gotta continue to be pushing into the things of the Lord and there's reward in that. The second thing we can learn is to be like the wise man, right? Be like the wise man. What did the wise man do? What's the first thing we see what the wise man do as he passed by this field? It says, he saw and considered. He observed. And he considered what he saw in front of him. It was disturbing enough for him to stop and look at the mess that was before him. It led him to question and to look for meaning and how he could learn from this example of neglect. So when you look at something disturbing, do you stop and consider? Alone at night in front of your computer, do you stop and consider? Before you make that choice on Netflix, do you stop and consider? Before you read something, do you stop and consider? Do we consider it from the Lord's perspective? The wise man, he stopped and he considered it. He knew that wisdom would instruct him and would guide him to avoid such a pitfall for himself, as we will see in the next part of the verse. The next part says, he looked and he received instruction. Amen? He received instruction. God's promises are always yes and amen. And what did the wise man receive from the Lord? He received insight on what a lazy life would lead to. Poverty will come upon us like a robber, it says. It wasn't enough for him to just stop and see it. He knew what he saw was disturbing. It says, do not, so do not neglect your spiritual life. Keep weeding, keep reading, keep praying and seeking the Lord for instruction and direction. I need to be constantly weeding. I need to be constantly weeding that anxiety that can come into my life. I need to be weeding that, that anger that can crop up into my life. I need to be weeding that envy, that greed, those things, those ugly weeds that can come up into my life. I need to be diligent about that. It's very important for me. God is speaking to us, and we can learn a lesson, and we can go to God for instruction like the wise man did. He not only looked, but it says he received, and that is the key. You see, the Bible promises that when we ask, we will receive. 
When we knock, the door will be open. And when we seek, we will find. Remember that we have a helper. We have the Holy Spirit. He is not lazy and he is not a sluggard. Philippians 2.13 says this, for it is God, the Holy Spirit, who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Amen? The Holy Spirit we have that will help us when these things come up. He is our helper. We're not out here alone battling the, the things that come into our lives by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit, folks. If you're sitting here this morning and you knew, know Christ as your Savior, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, I want to invite you to come receive him this morning. Receive the helper that can help you live a successful and a fruitful life. One of the things I love about Gateway Church is that we are committed to equipping the saints. In your bulletin this morning, you'll see we're offering a set-free retreat. We're offering a Hearing God course. These are important courses to help us to be equipped to fight the battle, to be prepared when the battle comes and when these things come into our lives. We take Ephesians 4.12 seriously where it says, to equip the saints for the working of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. We need to be well equipped in all areas so we can serve Christ and each other better. And one such equipping is coming up this month. It's the men's ministry will be hosting a series uh, called the Conquer Series starting September 24th, as Peter mentioned earlier. And it's designed for men to live holy and pure lives. This is one way we can build up the wall of protection. We have a real problem in our society and in the church with pornography. We need to get real about this. It's a robber of our lives. And if you don't wrestle with this this issue, go to the course because it will equip you to help others who may wrestle in this area of their lives. It's a real stronghold and it can rob men and women of their character, their identity, and their ministry. It destroys marriages and it gives a distorted view of sex. God has given us this wonderful gift to be enjoyed in the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. And you can sign up after the service today. This is the last Sunday to sign up. And don't let money be an issue. If you can't afford to go, we don't want any man to not go if if money is an issue. Come and see us at the table. Come sign up. It can be helpful and it can be equipping. So God has entrusted us with all kinds of gifts and blessings. And it's our job to steward what God has given us well. To nurture them, to fertilize them, to water them, and to protect them. Remember that a little sleep and a little slumber and a little folding of the hands... And poverty will come on us like a robber and want like an armed man. So just to end the service this morning, I want to invite anybody here 
that wants to know Jesus as their savior. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your savior, you've never put your trust in him, I want you to know that will change your life. June 21st, 1979, I gave my life to the Lord. My life has never been the same. And he will put you on a path and he will give you purpose and meaning in your life. So I want to lead us in a short prayer. That's all it takes is a short prayer to ask him to come into your life and it will transform your life. If you're here this morning and you've walked away or you've allowed weeds to crop up into your life and you can't see, listen, nobody has ever gone too far that the Lord can't bring back. He will bring you back. He is faithful. Even when we are not, he remains faithful. So I'm just going to pray a short prayer And I want to ask all of us, even those who follow the Lord, to pray with me. Because you know how powerful and transforming this prayer is. But if you do not know the Lord, when I pray, I'm going to pray a line. I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And if you pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to come forward after the service and talk to one of us. And we can help you. We can give you resources that will help you to to go onto that track, onto what God has for you the best and only the best. So why don't we bow our heads and pray? Just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me. I give my life over to you today, Jesus, to serve you in any way you would have me to. I invite you into my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my best friend. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.